0: Good afternoon, everybody. It is Wednesday, uh, December 7th. We're getting closer to Christmas. And that means you got to go out and buy your family and loved ones crap. you got to buy them that thing they've wanted all year long. Or they just buy everything for themselves and it's incredibly difficult to get them what they want. Or you have a kid that is really difficult to shop for this year. Because they've been given everything, they've wanted pretty much all year long. If you happen to fall into any one of those camps, I empathize with you. So, Godspeed with that. Today, I want to talk a little bit about our relationship with Europe. It's very important, given the war that is is currently taking place in Ukraine, uh, the UN and NATO, and how they are posturing themselves over the next several months to the long-term future and how that's going to impact Europe, Russia, and the global markets. I'm going to tap in a little bit into the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is the United States Petroleum Reserve. Um, We're going to go over some numbers from 2021 prior to the War in Ukraine and how it is impacting um, our supply chains, Um, and we'll probably wrap it up with um, some just some hard questions that we need to be asking our leadership. And this, these aren't accusations. You know, I I want to make this very clear. Um, None of these points that I'm going to make today are going to be leaning really one way or another, Um, but they they are factually grounded in reality and for people who lean on a specific issue on a number of my questions that I'm going to derive to, um, need to look at themselves in the mirror and ask themselves if they're subscribing to a diatribe and nothing more than a monkey. Because when we put ourselves in these boxes of Republican and Democrat or Socialist or uh, hyper-right-wing conservative um, nationalists you know, we put ourselves in arenas where we can't disagree with our own peers. So this is the dimension of the podcast that I want to get into. Um, To wrap this up, um, please share these podcasts with your friends. Subscribe, as always. And everybody love everybody. So, as I have began these podcasts over two years ago, I have tried to shift my reviews, my assessments of life, not on emotion or how I think, but more on the facts, on the math. And I, my expectation really is after listening to these podcasts, you come up with your own assessment. It's by me reaching out and really giving you um, a hard understanding of the world and the macro environment that is really easy for all of us to try to understand. Now, there is a more complicated layer to this that take multiple podcasts to dive into. When we talk about Europe, we're talking about a handful of countries. We're not talking about a specific country we're not talking about the the fracture that is taking place in france right now with their unemployment and their cost of energy we're not talking about the fractures in germany when it's regarding those same issues and we're not and we have to understand that some of this is as a result of bad policy by our allies and some of it is flat out just reckless and my frustration is that the united states it's it's kind of belling out its kids in a way we all we all have that friend that for whatever reason can't get it they're out, they're pushing 40 they struggle making decisions they're the ones that sell amway they're the ones doing you know edible arrangements They're the ones doing those weird things, you know, trying to make a buck, the the, the tough hustle. But they never did the work to make their life a little easier, whether it's going to grad school or getting a technical degree or going and getting a certification and any of those other things. And for better or worse, they fall on their face and mommy writes them a check and says, "Okay, here's your rent, honey. That's what the United States is doing right now. Because. The European country that are being impacted by this war in Ukraine they are a result of bad policy now when we talk about the big picture the 10 year you know I really begin to look at the United States and our petroleum reserve and I get kind of concerned it's not something that I like to really dive into but Over the course of the last six to eight years, the United States, U.S. crude oil, and strategic petroleum reserves has hovered between 650 and 620 million barrels of oil. And to put that into mathematical sense for the American people, That is really the standard in which we need to be able to thrive as a country for an extended period of time, given that we don't import any more oil. That is what props up our economy. It is the lifeblood of our economy. And the hope and the expectation is that we don't need it forever. But right now, our supply chains are broken and the American people are stuck between a rock and a hard place because they've got to commute to work. They've got to live their lives. And it's costing the American taxpayers billions of dollars to send this oil to Europe. Now, over the last, I don't know, three to six months, really since October, we can really dive into September, the United States has been very liberally giving tons of crude oil to Europe. And they're doing this because Europe is broke as shit. They trusted way too much of Russia. They felt that um, they were going to continue to get natural gas and oil from Russia and that they would be able to run on that kind of energy. For a long period of time, which is comical, really, because it's the Green New Deal 2.0. I mean, these are the countries with the Global Climate Paris Accord. It's literally the Global Climate Paris Accord that they made. that basically said they were going to cut carbon emissions basically down to a tenth of what it was in 2050. And this notion that Europe is like playing by the same rules that the United States is feels very disingenuous from somebody who's looking at the math. Because every single day, the entire continent of Europe is using roughly one-tenth of our entire U.S. crude oil and strategic petroleum reserve stocks every single day to keep the lights on in their cities and in the households within those cities every single day. The population centers... You know, the people who vote for these policies, you know, you need to understand that we are literally right now paying the price for Europe not listening to the United States for the better part of the last five years when Donald Trump told France and told Angela Merkel and told them, listen, you guys got to get off the Russian teat because what happens When they decide that they want to go to war with an ally. What are you going to do? And guess what happened? They went to war with a non-NATO ally, Ukraine. So we are currently, as of today, sitting on 387 million barrels. Down from 630. We've literally cut our petroleum reserve in half. Bailing out our European allies. Now, my friends on the right of this issue like to make comments about how we've just been giving it away. And what's important to understand are the fundamentals of the SPR and how much it actually costs. Um, For the United States, it costed us just under $30 a barrel. We are flipping a huge margin on that and selling it for six times that price. Um how do I know that because everybody in Europe is talking about it. Um Emmanuel Macron, the the prince of the, the prance, the president of France has been quoted as saying that it's not fair when the Europeans are paying for the war in Ukraine and the Americans are not as equally vested. The 44-year-old president arguably one of the youngest leaders in the world was quoted as saying that they would like to see the United States a little bit more invested in the process in in europe uh they're paying roughly a hundred and seventy dollars a barrel um to what we paid thirty and the global market right now is hovering around ninety so you you look at the math there they're paying nearly double the market rate for oil that we paid at 29.7 dollars a barrel and natural gas is a little bit different but the same rule applies and the reason why is because the united states folks um it, it produces a certain extent amount of natural gas and oil every single day and it isn't at its peak production and joe biden has been quoted as saying as long as none of the factories go down due to weather or you know human operating air or anything like that, that we are not in the green, but we are manageably able to sustain our quality of life indefinitely on our current reserves and on our current production and our ability to export natural gas and oil to our allies. But Europe wants a cutback. They want a discount. They want that discount because they feel like the United States is the one really pushing and harping on this war in Ukraine because they want Ukraine to win, obviously, and they don't want Russia to win. But the truth of the matter is, is that Europe deserves these these costs. It's, again, not the United States' fault that you made these horrible strategic positions on your energy. And that's exactly what Putin has done. Is he has waged a war on energy and food. And had you listened to the United States, the United States as a fundamental, and said, listen, we know you don't like the orange man, he's got horrible hair, and he's a little hyperbolic and he's toxic, but had you listen to him and quit being hypocrites? I mean, you guys are making fun of people for being alcoholics, and you drink a whole bottle of scotch every single day. You're sitting here calling the Americans these dirty, uneducated bumpkins. They are the worst of us that migrated to Europe or the United States. And yet you're the ones producing and using the same volume of carbon footprint energy that the United States is per capita. When we got over 300 million people in this country, France, like what do you want? What do you want, Emmanuel Macron? Like, what do you want from the United States? Do you want us to just completely give you a bailout? Because that's not how this works. Now, I get it. It's easy. It's really easy to thumb your nose at the United States. Because, yeah, we change the way we vote all the time. I mean, we went from, you know, Reagan to Bush to Clinton to bush again to obama to ken uh to to trump not kennedy sorry wrong one and then now to biden and the po- uh, and the thing of it is is each one of those presidents had a polarizing issue now maybe from reagan to clinton and baby bush we had some equality of, of ideas other than some of the social ideas from the global perspective they would call them globalists. they were for the global interests. Of the world. But since Obama left office, we have become a more nationalistic country worried about current policies in the United States. And the result of that has been a more secure economy. When Europe fails, we fail a little bit, but we're leveraged. We don't have to rely on Europe to stay afloat. Europe, however, has to rely on all of Europe and they have to rely on the United States to ensure that we can supply them with resources. Uh, This notion that we need to give them an at-cost discount or a lesser discount because of how much it costs to ship crude over to your country by boat, by the way, is an unfair ask. And the ask that I have for you, number one, is why did you allow yourself to position yourself In such a weak position with Russia. France. Germany. I mean you two are the most responsible here. Because you two are the power brokers in in European Union. Like Turkey plays a big factor in that too. Because of their location and their proximity to Russia and the Middle East. But by God I mean you guys are the ones sucking the teat dry. Of that oil and that natural gas coming from Russia. Why did you allow that? You guys are supposed to be off the gr- you guys are supposed to be on green energy by 2050 because climate change. The earth is going to turn into a microwave in 2050 if we don't. But you're not doing that. In Germany and in Denmark, they cut cl- cut cut um shut down nuclear power plants because of the risks. And they're using the nuclear power plant narrative when we talk about Ukraine and them being soft targets to the Russian shelling that's going on and how they're at risk of having radiation leak. But the fact of the matter is, folks, Europe doesn't have enough oil in Europe to keep itself going. It doesn't have enough natural gas to keep itself going. And the United States and Europe position itself with countries that have... Really horrible ethics, but have a tremendous amount of resources, i.e. Qatar. Over 3,000 laborers died producing and building those soccer stadiums in Qatar. Country, mind you, that's not even the size of Texas. And they have one of the largest petroleum and oil, res- I mean, natural gas um, reserves in the world that they have to share share with Iran. But Qatar has the lion's share of that amount of natural gas. And who are they selling that natural gas to? They're sending some to India, they're sending some to China, but Europe is definitely sucking on the teat of the natural gas from Qatar. And we overlook the bad press of Qatar. We look over the fact of the carbon footprint that it took to build that country in 30 years. We overlook the production of those resources and the, the exploitation of that. And where it came from. It was nothing more than a dirt cloth. Before they discovered their natural gas. And then 10 years later. Began to drill for it. And sell it. And make tons of money. They don't have a population that warrants that. And yet they keep bringing people in. From other countries. Specifically India. And those people die because of horrible work. And labor conditions. And nobody wants to talk about it. We say the same thing about China their concentration camps. We talk about their labor camps, and people are willing to ignore that. But when it comes to Russia, we ask ourselves, why did France and Germany put themselves in this position like they do with everything else? And it's because, folks, they're hypocrites. They don't care about the people in other countries because those people don't vote for them. Those people can't oust them out of power, at the very least. And one would argue that even those leaders don't even care about the people that are voting for them. They have to pretend. So as we wrap this up, regarding this piece, um, right now we are literally cut in half with the petroleum reserve as we stand today, much of which has been supplied to Europe. The United States has benefited a little bit from that. But oil prices are beginning to deteriorate when it comes to natural consumption. But the commercial consumption, specifically with diesel, diesel is continuing to increase. And it's increasing because of supply chain issues, but because of the war in Russia. We are all paying a hefty toll for the war in Russia, folks. We're not just paying for it in the form of diesel. We're paying for it in the form of our foods. It's a heavy inflation. Heavy. And I really dislike these agendas that the media, especially NBC, I watched the, the nightly news with them the other day, and they're talking about 18 wheelers that are energy efficient, how Amazon's got these electric power vans, and they call them just a the big Tesla, and this overselling of battery power. Folks, I need you to really look up the carbon footprint it takes to extract um, cobalt to extract lithium and extract all these different minerals from the ground that they're stripping. What kind of machines are doing that? It's not an electric car digging, digging out those holes, folks. Logistically, driving that battery from A to B and then putting it in a car and building the car and then putting it on the road are they properly dis- recycling those batteries for reuse? And what's the carbon footprint for that? At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, as we continue to push this narrative of carbon footprint being reduced, it makes sense, but it doesn't. Like, You can't act like it's amazing, because it isn't. It's an alternative, and it works, but it's not amazing. And not everybody can afford it. It. They just can't. They can't afford it. Um, it's really disingenuous. And I think, for those of you who are really interested, look at the last mile logistics that takes place between a consumer getting the good or the mail that they, they want... They used the USPS Postal Service and UPS and FedEx a little bit for a while for their last mile logistics. But it began to cost too much with the price of gas. So Amazon, for instance, is beginning to ship their stuff out with their own cars, with their own vehicles. And they're hoping to reduce some costs that way. But it's affected their supply chain. It's affected everybody. So... Take some time to research this stuff, mathematically speaking. But my question, more or less, is why is Europe getting a mulligan for the bad decisions it's made? Because it's made a ton, despite the fact that we warned them. And how is reducing our carbon footprint today going to solve the war in Ukraine? The answer is, ironically, Reduced climate change breaks Russia, and they know it and we know it. And that's the reason why Russia is at war with Ukraine, because there is a clock on oil and natural gas. All right, everybody, hope you enjoyed this segment. Everybody love, everybody.